Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Hello and welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show here on Tuesday, January 28th. Thank you so much for tuning in. I got a good show lined up today. I'll be joined by the chair of the Kamloops Thompson School Board in just a little bit to take a look back at last night's board meeting and what went down there last night. In the back half of the show, I will be speaking with the Capital Projects Manager manager for the city of Kamloops as work on Victoria Street West gets back underway today. And there's also some rock stabilization work that is set to take place near Overlanders Bridge. So that will be coming up in the back half of the show, going over what those projects are all about and how long they're going to take and get the lowdown on anything else going on in the city as well and to end off things today it's what's trending where i take a look back at the world of social media and find out exactly what's going on in our world here on tuesday january the 28th but to begin today's show i am joined on the phone now by Merritt's economic development and communication and tourism manager will george will how you doing here today good morning jeff thanks for having me on yeah so i understand you're out in whistler how's things going out there today yes things are going good here we uh we're out at the International Council of Shopping Centers Convention and uh, talking all about uh, shopping centers and uh, different business attraction and where we're looking to grow for the city of Merritt. Uh, excellent conversations, lots of networking and uh, talking with some bigger players in the retail, restaurant, agricultural manufacturing uh, fields there. And uh, yeah, some exciting, exciting conversations happening here over the last uh, two and a half days. Nice. So, yeah, you're wrapping things up uh, here today. I have a two-and-a-half-day conference, and today is your final day. So I'm sure you're, um, you know, not uh, looking forward to getting that drive home, but you can enjoy your time in Whistler while you're there. Uh, so curious, I mean, when you're talking shopping centers, I mean, I guess, how does Merit fit into that conversation? It sounds like, um, uh, just, just curious to know kind of how things are progressing when you're talking about shopping centers. That's not something I would necessarily think of when I think of Merit, but clearly uh, it's something that you're talking about. Yeah, of course. So we're here with other communities, uh, you know, the city of Vernon, West Kelowna, uh, Kelowna, Edmonton, Penticton. Uh, there's a variety of uh, communities in BC here, as well as those in, uh, in the U.S., as well as uh, other countries around the world. Uh, so we want to make sure that we're at the table, we're having conversations, and we're presenting out those areas uh, for growth in the community, um, different uh, shopping centers and business opportunities to make sure that, uh, you know, we're at the table and we're presenting out those opportunities there that, uh, you know, people aren't just looking at the large uh, metropolises there that uh, Merit is uh, a place for growth and a place for business. So how, how have you been received so far around some of these tables? I mean, when you're looking at Merit and you're looking at a smaller community and you're sort of being, I guess, compared to some of those bigger centers like you had mentioned, um, you know, I guess is, is Merit standing out or what are you doing to help Merit stand out on this? table yeah of course the main things that i'm hearing that um, individuals are uh, speaking about merit is they're surprised by the uh, affordability and the convenience so oftentimes people are you know familiar with kamloops and uh, Kelowna, the okanagan area there uh, but they just uh, weren't aware of just how close merit is to the lower mainland and those markets uh, in Kelowna, Kamloops, uh, Calgary, Edmonton. So uh, looking at uh, the, the affordability of land, uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, rezoning some, some pieces uh, to make it uh, more open for, for business there. And uh, yeah, this is the first year that we've been at the conference and um, it's, uh, it's excellent that, that we've attended and lots of, uh, lots of follow-up to do and when we get back to the office. Would you say that that geography might be one of your bigger barriers, not in in the sense that, you know, where you're located, but just in the fact that maybe those people who are interested in doing some business in Merritt are just not aware of exactly where it is? 
Yeah, I think that uh, the, the physical location of merit uh, definitely plays to our, our advantage. And uh, we're showcasing, you know, some areas of town uh, that are highway commercial, um, really accessible there, um, some that are private and some that are um, owned by the city that, that have opportunities there. So, um, yeah, it's an excellent event for us to be at. And uh, yeah, lots, of, lots of different uh, businesses we're, we're targeting, uh, whether in the downtown core, uh, highway commercial, uh, and a variety of sectors. We have sector profiles that we're uh, sharing with the, with the businesses that are here in the shopping centers and to see what opportunities uh, await in 2020 here and 2021. Right on. So I guess when you're at a conference like this, I mean, this isn't just about immediate economic development or, or immediate uh, injunction of business into the community. This is sort of something that you're looking at as a, as a long-term plan, trying to pitch the community, trying to make sure people are aware of it and think about it when they're looking at doing business. And, and I'm sure that uh, going to these kinds of conferences are a big boost to not only make sure that the name in the city of Merritt is, is out there and is heard and is, is thought about when, when people are going about doing these businesses, but just, um, you know, making sure that, that you have a voice at these tables i mean um you know this probably isn't something that uh, you get to do on a very regular basis so you got to take advantage of these kinds of opportunities when they do arise Yes, of course. As, as I mentioned, this is uh, the first time that we've been at the conference. It's been brought forward um, to the economic development team here at the City of Merritt, and uh, it's something that we've, we've looked at. So this year we decided to uh, attend and uh, present out uh, Merritt, uh, and there's, uh, there's lots, of, lots of opportunities that we're looking at um, that that the business owners are, are excited about hearing. So, you know, um, the Economic Development Action Plan is uh, nearing completion there. We're going through an official community uh, plan uh, review later at the end of this, this year. So there's lots of uh, exciting changes that the City of Merritt Council has put forward for, for changes and uh, ensuring that Merritt is open for business. Right on. Well, um, I, I guess, you know, you got, like you said, a, another half day here at that conference. So hopefully you continue to uh, make some strides and make sure people are continuing to think about the community of merit when they are indeed thinking about opening up some new business. I did also want to talk about some stuff that happened here in the last little while looking at Merit City Council last week. Uh, one thing that came up on the agenda was uh, the Gold Country membership. Um, so they uh, market events and businesses within the member communities from a tourism aspect, and that costs roughly uh, $8,400 to be a member. But from what I understand, it was felt that those dollars could be put to better use potentially by seeking additional grant opportunities or, or some other way that that $8,400 could be spent. So um, can you maybe just tell me a little bit about this Gold Country, you know, membership and, and you know, why you think it might be a good idea, um, you know, now that Council has given you the direction to kind of go about finding something better to do with those funds, kind of what it opens you up to do um, and now that you're no longer a part of that membership. Yes, of course. And I will mention that something that was brought up at the council meeting discussion was to look at the opportunities for the geocaching. It's quite a uh, large program that Gold Country manages, and uh, uh, Councillor Christofferson had, had mentioned that uh, we'd like to, like to still pursue that opportunity. So we're in conversations with Gold Country to see if that can uh, still continue, because as, as we know, visitors don't see you know, municipal lines or uh, regional district lines there. They, uh, they want to have a, uh, uh, you know, a full visitor experience in, in the region that they're visiting there. So uh, some opportunities that we are exploring um, with, with the use of the funds is to partner with some other organizations that historically uh, we haven't had the, the budget to partner with. So such as uh, Destination BC, TOTA, uh, Tourism Kamloops, and Mountain Biking BC, as well as partner with some campaigns in 2020 to see the, uh, the value that they'll uh, bring to our visitor experience and uh, overall visitor attraction, uh, looking at the BC Ale Trail and the BC Farmers Market Association for some uh, regional trips there. So we're excited to see what uh, 2020 here will have 
and the use of those dollars um, to look at some some different campaigns that historically we haven't been a part of. Right on. That sounds like it could be um, you know some some fun initiatives in there and something that would probably really draw up some some attention and some buzz and and uh, yeah definitely some interesting opportunities now that you can look at uh, some different ways to go about spending that money. Um, I just want to go back to the geocaching stuff here for a quick minute. I mean, what what exactly is that? I mean, for those who don't know, I'm not incredibly familiar. I know a little bit about what geocaching is, but just how big is something like that to a community like Merritt where it does bring people in who are, you know, looking to, uh, you know, find these geocache locations, these pinpoint locations? I mean, uh, does that really have a big draw for your community? Yeah, I mean, I don't have these uh, statistics right at the, the tip of my fingers here, but we do see at our visitor center, at our mobile tourism ambassador kiosk, uh, people asking for the geocaching books. They're, they're popular with our trail guides. And, I mean, it's an, it's an additional thing that people can participate in to have an enhanced visitor experience when they're out walking on the trails and find little uh, treasure chests that are there. So uh, I think it will be, it'll be interesting to have a look at some numbers that we see in 2020 here. And to see if uh, you know people are are still asking for the geo um, uh, geo trails and um, you know geocaching guys and everything like that. Um, but we have produced uh, more documents in house um, with the tourism department at the city of Merritt here since 2016. So we're hoping to um, use some of that fun- funding to also produce additional documents to support the visitors' experience in the Nickel Valley. Right on. Well, well, that's about all I had for questions for you here right now. But, uh, you know, is there anything else going on in Merritt that you want people to know about right now? Yeah, I think the, uh, just the other thing there is uh, we have two committees that are seeking uh, members there. So we have the Youth Advisory Committee and the Airport Advisory Committee. So uh, the Airport Advisory Committee closes down this Friday and the Youth Committee is uh, open until the positions are filled. So um, City Council is uh, looking to, to establish those, those committees and uh, get, get the ball m- moving on some of those uh, advisory projects there. So that's something that we're uh, seeking residents from the Nicola Valley to participate in and uh, hopefully have some good discussions once both committees are formed uh, in, the, in the next month or so here. Right on. I'm pretty sure we talked about the Youth Advisory Committee a little bit the last time I had you on. So uh, if people are looking for some more information, they can probably look back on some of the podcasts to find out more on that conversation. But yeah, definitely an interesting uh, movement. I mean, you know, getting the youth involved in what's going on in the community. I think that's an important move because, uh, you know, the youth are the ones who you're trying to, you know, keep and retain and make sure they continue to live in merit. So probably a a good idea that they're on board and and trying to provide some advice on, on, uh, you know, exactly what they would like to see in their community, correct? That is correct. And then same with the airport, uh, looking to develop the airport area. We have city-owned land as well as private-owned land at the airport. So uh, we had the first uh, landing, 100-year anniversary of the first airplane to land in Merritt last year, and it built quite a bit of buzz around the airport. Uh, so since then, um, there's been numerous individuals that have presented uh, airport-related uh, topics to council, and uh, this advisory committee will help uh, have a single, single place for some of those issues to be discussed and the future growth of the Merritt Airport. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Will. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your trip out there in uh, Whistler. Enjoy the rest of your half day, and then uh, make sure you get home safe, okay? Excellent. Thanks for having me on, Jeff, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. That was Merritt's Economic Development, Communications, and Tourism Manager, Will George. Yeah, he's spending his day in Whistler. I'm a little bit jealous, but uh, not jealous of his drive home later today. So there you go. Coming up next, I'm going to be talking school board. Yes, SD73 met last night to go over a few items. So I'll be talking with Kathleen Karpuk here in studio after the break. So stick around. The voice of your community, Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas.
Welcome back here on Tuesday. There was, of course, an SD73 school board meeting last night. And as always, I'm pleased to welcome board chair Kathleen Carpuck to the studio following those meetings. Kathleen, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, uh, I'll just start by asking what we were talking about before this. I mean, it's that time of year. Everyone's getting sick. I mean, have you been able to avoid it so far? No, unfortunately. The <laughs> flu hit our house. As it does for everybody. I had a bit of a cold. I haven't had the flu yet, although uh, I didn't get my shot, so I'm definitely uh, susceptible to it, I suppose. Um, okay, so let's sort of get into what was going on yesterday at your school board meeting. So um, I want to start, since we're talking about sickness, we'll start with uh, coronavirus, because you guys had a bit of a discussion on that uh, you mentioned to me here last night. So what, what exactly is the school board doing in preparation for, I guess, any concerns about the coronavirus popping up? So we have a um, admin procedure that we've had in place uh, for several years now. Uh, it's been updated and it's with regards to pandemic response. So we just wanted people to know that in the event that the coronavirus does get declared as a pandemic, which it isn't yet, although that can change, mm -hmm. that the Board of Education is ready to deal with that. And in the meantime, uh, we are asking people that uh, you observe hygiene, washing your hands, you know, sneezing into uh, your elbow yep. and uh, staying home if you have a fever, if you're throwing up, that type of thing. It's cold and flu season out. So uh, just take those extra precautions and uh, hopefully we don't have a pandemic. I think that's the hardest part for people, right? Is if you're feeling just a little bit under the weather, that's not enough to maybe keep you away from school or work, but maybe for the sake of everybody else, you should stay home, right? Um, and it, that goes for all the time. I mean, you should be washing your hands and sneezing into your sleeve, regardless of whether there's a coronavirus going around. That's something you should do all the time. Um, also, we'll talk about uh, this school calendar consultation. So what, what was that all about? So every few years, we have to update our school calendar, and that's so that we know when our pro-D days are and when spring break will be, when the start of school is, when the end of school is. And we have to put out a three-year calendar. And that calendar came up for uh, renewal, and we have to put that out for consultation. So that is now posted on our district website, and there's an email where people can provide feedback around the calendar and then they have until February 28th to make comments and at that point then uh, it'll come back to the board for approval. Okay, so people have a month to provide input on this. Um, I guess, can you tell me a little bit about how it goes being put together just in terms of, um, you know, you, you said it's every three years you look at it. So, like, do you look at, uh, you know, 2020, 2021 again? Is that, you, do you revisit the, the next couple of years every single year? So uh, the process that we are going to be using going forward is that we will look at the calendar every two years and put out a three-year plan for the calendar. We realized this year that leaving it late has had a bit of an impact on parents who want to book vacation time because they don't know start dates, they don't know pro-D dates for next year. So going forward, we're going to be reviewing this every two years and we'll post a three-year calendar so we'll always have at least one year of uh, dates 
in advance so that we don't uh, make it difficult for people to plan. Yeah, always good to be able to plan that further ahead. Uh, makes things a little bit easier when looking at your schedule. Um, one thing that also was kind of talked about, and this is just sort of a thing that is happening here throughout the week, it's it's Unplug and Play Week. So this started this past Saturday, runs until Saturday, uh, February 1st. Uh, it's a celebration basically encouraging kids, families, schools, you know, to unplug from screens and explore ways to spend time together. So, I mean, what, what is being done at schools to kind of promote this idea right now? I mean, it's a, it's a really good initiative. I think it's really important. We know kids are addicted to their screens. I shouldn't just say kids because I am myself as well. Um, you know, it's, it's just a great initiative. So kind of just what is the message that's being put out right now to, to the school, uh, to the kids and, and making sure they, you know, get outside or, you know, look at each other in the eyes instead of through their phones? So uh, we have uh, a number of schools that are taking uh, part in this initiative. This is something that's been ongoing in the district, in the region for quite a while. Uh, what kids can do is they can actually sign a pledge and record their activities when they're at, at school mm -hmm. as to what they're doing instead of being plugged into a screen. And really what this is about is encouraging kids to get outside more get active more, being interactive with their family, with their peers, uh, developing some of those social connections, uh, spending some time with some books, with some board games, and uh, basically just trying to get kids uh, off the couch, moving a little bit more, using their brain, their imagination. Do you think that having them sign a pledge makes a big difference? I think it did for me as a kid to write my name down on something to say, I'm going to go and, and do whatever was, maybe it's a 24-hour fast or something like that. But I was actually like encouraged to do it if I actually put my name beside a bunch of my friends. Do you think that has a huge impact on just kids' ability to actually um, you know, stay true to their, their word, is to have that written down? I think it helps. Um, I think it keeps it top of mind with kids. And uh, maybe it's what... You know, a, a child needs to find some passion or some sport or hobby that they haven't tried before and uh, get them hooked on something. Yeah, and you, it's a good week for it because if we did this two weeks ago, I think that wouldn't have gone over very well. If it's minus 30 and, uh, you know, you're trying to tell people not to be on their screens, it's like, well, what else am I going to do, right? So good week for it. Um, yeah, so that's great initiative. Hopefully kids are, are sticking to it. Um, I know one week sounds like a really long time. It does for me a whole week to go without looking at my phone, especially when uh, I basically have to stare at a screen for a living. So that makes things difficult, and I'm sure it does for kids as well. Is that ever an issue, I guess, when you're talking about uh, in-classroom learning? Because sometimes kids are using tablets and stuff, or is that sort of like a, you know, you get a, you get a little bit of a, a leeway on that one? So we leave that up to the discretion of the teachers in the classroom and how they want to use technology. Uh, we have Chromebooks that are very often used in classrooms for research. So obviously we don't want to take that away mm -hmm. from a class. Um, but we are trying to get people to be a little bit more um, cognizant of what it is that they're doing and not just mind mindlessly reach for that screen for entertainment. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but that was uh, that went by pretty quick. So thanks so much for coming in, Kathleen. I really appreciate you taking the time. Always love talking to you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. That was SD73 Board Chair Kathleen Carpug. Coming up, it's time to take a look at some road projects going on here in Kamloops. We got West Victoria Street um, picking back up, and there's also some Overlanders Bridge rock stabilization work beginning today. So I'll be joined by the city's capital projects manager to talk about that after this.
opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Hello and welcome back to the show here on Tuesday, January 28th. We are now four weeks into 2020, and of course there is some construction work that is beginning here in the Kamloops area, and I'm joined now by the City's Capital Projects Manager, Darren Cronwell. Darren, thanks so much for coming in studio here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Awesome, yeah, we talk to you on the phone once in a while, but I don't get you in here very nice, so it's uh, very often, excuse me, so it's good to see your face. Um, West Victoria Street, so... You know, we all know about what happened over the course of last summer. Um, you know, finally got that paving work done there late in the fall. And uh, just what, what's happening now? I mean, more work is set to begin. So, so what's going on there as of this morning? Yeah, it was a good season for us last year. Got about 80% done right now, though, uh, what, what the public is seeing, uh, primarily uh, undergrounding of the power and telecommunications. So they'll see a lot of BC hydro trucks out there. Um, that's what we're working on right now. So some pretty big disruptions coming up for the businesses. So we got to do the best we can to coordinate that work. So I guess, do you have any idea what it'll look like in comparison to last year? Will it look pretty similar just in terms of the way the road was laid out and obviously the, the speed limits being reduced? Yeah, no, most of the, uh, the major impacts with respect to the road, um, you know, road works and uh, changes in traffic is done. There's going to be single lane closures for the electrical work, but that's, that's about as much impact as the public's going to see. Most of the, uh, um, you know, the coordination will be disconnecting the um, overhead lines and, under, and moving them underground. Okay, so, um, and there's also a bunch of landscaping, I believe, as well, that's set to take place soon as two? Yeah, correct. Most of it's off the uh, the road surface, but yeah, quite a bit of landscaping to finish up. So for, for people driving down there, I guess, you know, the, like, what are we expecting in terms of, uh, you know, changes just to how the road would normally work? I mean, you mentioned businesses are going to be experiencing, again, a, a little bit of a... A concern, I, I don't know what the word would be, just uh, disruption, I guess is the right word. Yeah, when we uh, remove their overhead services and put them underground, we got to make sure that's coordinated. But what, what, again, what the public will see out there in the next few months is single lane alternating uh, closures uh, just for the uh, hydro trucks and, and equipment moving around. And then when we were slated to remove the poles in March, provided everything goes well. Okay. Was there any, uh, you know, changes to the schedule that resulted from that, you know, colder than usual weather that we had a couple weeks ago? No, we always planned a bit of a break there. We knew we'd see some cold. Uh, we're on schedule. Hopefully everything will be done early spring early spring so that's just sort of a, a general timeline i mean no specific yep. date in mind uh what would that be january february march uh late may. march early may yep. hopefully somewhere in there yep. okay so there's a timeline for people to keep in mind especially those business owners i'm sure they're wanting to get this thing over and done with at this point have you heard a lot of concerns i mean they knew it was coming right this project was always on the books but uh, still probably some frustrated owners out there yeah it definitely i mean they've been great though um trying to give them as much notice as possible and and trying to you know get the work done on on time we, we did get quite a bit done last year and this year will look a lot different not nearly as many traffic changes and and disruptions but um, yeah like I said the uh, the power and telecommunications that's going to be the next uh, hurdle right on and and with that in mind I know you know you, you had said before that uh, West Victoria Street that work that has gone there for the last little while could look pretty similar to what is about to happen on Tronquille. So can you tell me a little bit about what the plan is there right now? You know, has that project been put out to tender yet? What's the latest there? Yeah, uh, the next big one, Tronquille, it's about a two-kilometer sanitary main replacement. That's the primary reason we're in there doing the work. Uh, it has, we, we did put out a proposal similar to West Victoria Street uh, that has closed. So we're, uh, we're just working out
know, details right now with the contractor and finalizing some land, uh, uh, land negotiations and whatnot, but we're, uh, we're ready to go here. Probably mid-March, we'll start construction on that one. Okay, and, and uh, what does that look like in terms of a timeline? Do you know at this point? Yeah, we're hoping to have it done, uh, I'll say winter 2020, uh, October, November of this year. Okay, so yep. that's not too bad, and that that's one hundred percent completion. No, uh, correct. I mean, uh, yep. I mean, I guess it depends again on weather and whether everything goes as smoothly as possible, and what you might dig up along the way, right? I mean, yep. you've learned from some of these past mistakes. I know, like when we were looking at, um, you know, some archaeological issues that have happened in the past. I mean, we don't anticipate anything like that coming up. Uh, well, we're, we plan for it now. I think we're doing a better job of that. Uh, we have to, you know, plan for those types of things. So, Tronquil, we're treating the same as West Victoria Street. Um, we've got archaeologists, uh, you know, engaged. And part of the project we've got our permits in place so if we find something we can uh you know deal with it appropriately and and work with the cum loops to make sure we're uh um you know moving forward in the best possible way perfect well hopefully it all goes smoothly but uh, there's always those potentials for things to come up that were unexpected um uh, more work that was kind of starting today i know you guys put out a release yesterday talking about overlanders bridge and some rock stabilization work um there was a bit of a rock slide that happened there over the weekend uh, any idea what it looks like in terms of severity right now yeah it was a bit of unplanned work uh we don't plan for those things but uh we're not too sure on the um we're assessing it today actually with the contractor and geotechnical engineers just to see um you know how much more work we have to do it is common though to see that type of thing with the uh, with, with the freeze thaw in the winter time and, you know, a bit of rock fall like that. So when you say it's something that's pretty common, I guess, the, you know, the people who are out working on it have probably seen this numerous times in the past. So there's nothing that, uh, you know, is going to catch them off guard, hopefully. No, and we, we do uh, an annual inspection of our rock faces and, you know, try and mitigate any, well, we not try, we do mitigate any concerns if they're, if they're there. But things like this, a smaller rock fall like this is, is not uncommon. So, I mean, with it being a smaller rock fall, hopefully it doesn't have too long of an impact to when it comes to traffic disruption. Because I know there is a bit of an impact as of this morning, right, when it comes to what's happening with traffic. So can you just tell me the process for how things kind of slow down there? I know you've uh, you reduced speed limits there as well. Well, we're actually at uh, just odd timing with starting West Victoria Street mm -hmm. again. We're, uh, we're putting the speed limit back down to 30 anyways. And that work is so close to the West Victoria Street construction zone, the public probably won't notice too much because we're asking that they slow down to 30, uh, 30 kilometers anyways. But uh, hopefully we're in and out of, out of that area in a couple days here. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, driving over that uh, bridge in the summer was pretty frustrating, um, you know, just depending on what time, I guess, of day it was, right? When you were going over there around 5 o'clock, it took a long time sometimes to get over there. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, you know, with kind of both projects taking place at a similar span of roadway that uh, it almost isn't going to have a significant impact on traffic. I wouldn't anticipate anyway. I mean, if you're driving there at noon and, you know, there's no other cars on the road, then you'll have to slow down twice. But for the most part, you're probably going to get stuck in that little... Um, funnel that's happening over there anyway, right? Yeah, correct. A lot of vehicles in the, in that uh, corridor, though, are about 35,000 a day, so it's a pretty busy stretch. 35,000 a day, eh? Just over yeah. that tiny little bridge? Yeah, West Victoria Street, it's, it's tiny, busy. But yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, anything else that's going on? I know you're set to go to council today. Are you uh, looking forward to getting in front of those guys for, uh, for a little bit this afternoon? Yeah, another big project uh, we're trying to get underway. That's the Canada Games pool. Again, you know, just trying to manage the impact there. We know it's significant shutting the pool down for six months, but yeah, we'll get in front of council today and, and get some updates and hopefully some approval to proceed with that work. 
Yeah, six months, and that's going to start as of June, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be a pretty significant shutdown. Um, you know, just I'm curious if you've had a lot of conversations with those that uh, those parties that are going to be impacted by that closure. I mean, there's probably swim clubs and stuff that are, um, you know, having to make some other arrangements. So just curious what kinds of conversations you've had. Have, has there been a lot of concern from those kinds of groups about this closure? Yeah, definitely. Our recreation team has had lots of conversations with all the stakeholders and user groups. Um, part of the reason we're starting in June, you know, at the end of one meet, and then we need to have it open uh, by January because there's another significant meet. So we're doing everything we can to mitigate that, but obviously there's going to be impacts to, uh, to the users. Yeah, um, well, I mean, thankfully you have some time to figure it all out. Um, I guess what, what's ahead here at Council that could, is there anything that could potentially change this moving forward, depending on what happens here today? Uh, I mean, they could um, look at uh, adjusting some of the work and timing of the work, um, and that's obviously up for discussion. Uh, we have to proceed with the uh, with this base project, though it's planned. Okay, perfect. Well, um, that's pretty much all I have. Darren, anything else you want the community to know about while I got you in here? Oh, just uh, thanks again for your patience. It's going to be a long, long construction season again this year, but uh, we'll do the best we can to get it done uh, on schedule. Right on. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come in. I appreciate it. I know there's lots of work happening here in Kamloops, so it's good to keep people up informed on, on what they can expect here over the next little while, starting today with West Victoria and Overlanders Bridge, and then looking ahead to the spring for Tronquille. So thanks so much, Darren. Appreciate thanks, it. Jeff. Awesome. That was uh, Darren Crunwell, the city's capital projects manager, talking about road work going on here in the city, as well as some other capital projects, including uh, that uh, that work at the Canada Games Complex. So there you go. We got some more Jeff Andrea show coming up after this, so please stick around. Uh, yeah, here's a quick break for you. You're listening to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome back into the show here on Tuesday, January the 28th. Hope you're having a good start to your week here so far. Now that we are in today too, looking at some rainy weather here coming up over the next few days here in Kamloops. It's calling for a chance of showers on Wednesday, a chance of flurries or showers Thursday, chance of showers Friday, chance of showers on Saturday before finally changing to a chance of flurries on Sunday. So it looks like we are in for a bit of a wet week here in the Kamloops area. Uh, hopefully you're all prepared and ready to go for that. It's time now for a new segment I'm going to try out here. It's called What is Trending? I will be just taking a look, uh, a little dive here into some recent trends that we've seen here in Canada when it comes to the world of social media. There are no shortage of topics that are available to discuss, you know, whether it is that recent death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant, the Grammys, coronavirus, uh, one from yesterday that I quite enjoyed is my fitness level in five words. So there's no shortage of things to talk about. So with that in mind, here we go. It's time for What's Trending. So I'll come back to that last one to end things off so that we can kind of end with a little bit of fun. But because really what is being discussed at length right now is not happy news. Um, you know, one tweet that I saw yesterday was a nice summary of 2020 so far. We're only four weeks into the year, and already we have a pretty incredible list of news stories to choose from. Uh, you know, even if we want to choose what is the story of the month, it's almost difficult to say. Uh, a tweet I saw yesterday from C.K. DeRossi saying that 2020 is like, you know, Donald Trump starting wars. The continent of Australia is on fire. Harry and Meghan are leaving the royal family. China is undergoing this whole issue with the coronavirus and then Kobe Bryant, of course, dies in a helicopter crash over the weekend. I mean, that is a pretty bleak take to the start of a new decade. And yet at the same time, 
I think that it's a pretty accurate dis- depiction of sort of what January has been so far. It's been one hard-hitting news story after the other. At least that's how it feels. And, um, you know, the coronavirus being the big one that everyone's sort of talking about right now. So let's start by talking a little bit about that. I mean, have you heard the audio of people yelling out their windows in Wuhan, es- essentially telling people to hang in there. I want you to just take a listen to this uh, brief clip from, from that event that was going on. I found it yesterday and I saw it again this morning and um, it's, it's a bit of an eerie thing that is, seems to be going on at night uh, in that uh, city of Wuhan. Yeah, that is literally just people yelling out their windows at nighttime, basically telling each other to hang in there. Uh, So those people in the community of Wuhan, I mean, honestly, it's a bit of a frightening video to watch just in how eerie it is. It almost looks like it's right out of a, uh, uh, you know, a horror movie or something. When you see someone taking video out their high-rise apartment window where people are yelling messages of hope across the empty streets to others to stay positive, to hang in there. It's it's an eerie situation. And, uh, you know, people are getting really scared about this sickness. I mean, CTV was reporting that some Canadians are so concerned about coronavirus in the wake of one confirmed and another presumptive case here in Canada that people have been strapping on surgical masks just to go outside. And, you know, that's something we see on the news when we're talking about what's going on in China all the time, but it's not something that we see here in Canada all that often. And so before you go ahead and go and, you know, buy yourself a surgical mask and, and uh, you know, feel the need to go about doing that in order to protect yourself, Doctors are saying that those masks are not really going to protect you from the sickness, but it might be a good time to buy some surgical mask stocks because that seems to be uh, something that might help make you a few dollars right now, but you might even be too late on that one now. So the virus is just continuing to get worse. Officials say the outbreak has now killed 106 people and made 4,500 others sick, although I am thinking that is a very conservative number at this point and is clearly having a significant impact on the markets as well, with Asian stock markets tumbling here for a second straight day, but North American markets are rebounding somewhat here today. So it's uh, clearly something that is having a significant impact. We've seen a lot of talk about it uh, on the news and on social media and just people who are concerned. We had Kathleen Carpuck in here with SD73 here earlier in the show, and she was saying that the school board itself is making a bit of a contingency plan when it comes to this coronavirus because it is something that people are talking about. It is something that people are concerned about. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a topic of conversation that is not going away. I'll try to be brief on this next one because, you know, everyone out there has sort of had their take on what happened with uh, the life of Kobe Bryant and and what he meant as an athlete and role model in person. And I also get that there is a bit of a a checkered past for Kobe, um, you know, and and some people are, you know, focusing on that and talking about that. But how many people out there can you say, you know, they have one name and they know exactly who you're talking about? I mean, it's, it's a stature reserved for very few when we're talking about people like, you know, Prince, Madonna, Bono, Cher. There aren't a ton of people out there that when you say one name, you know exactly who you're talking about. You know, when someone throws a piece of garbage in the trash, what do you yell? You say, Kobe. And that's such a small little thing, but yet it's something that helped his legacy. I mean, I've seen people do that who know nothing about basketball, which just helps show his reach and the amount of outpour from outside of the sport. I mean, we've seen athletes of all sorts from, you know, tennis, golf to hockey. They're, you know, tributes pouring out for this guy. Um, He's being remembered by so many uh, in in other industries as well. Um, One thing I did want to share 
was the whole reason behind his use of helicopters. I think it's been sort of well documented here over the last day and a half. Um, and I, I don't know if it was necessarily the smartest of, of ways to go about getting around. Uh, helicopters, to me, have always seemed like a very dangerous mode of transportation. But, uh, you know, it was something that he had done for a long time. And, and look, none of you listening right now are, are likely to ever have your own helicopter that you can just ride around on. But that said, if you had the option and it was something that you could see as a viable solution to a problem, then you might go about doing it. I mean, most likely, um, you know, I just wanted to play this clip from Kobe about why he used helicopters on a regular basis. It's something that sort of touched me a little bit. You know, after school activities, all that fun stuff, even on weekends. But then traffic started getting really, really bad, right? And I was sitting in traffic and I wound up missing like a school play because mm -hmm. I was sitting in traffic and this, this thing just kept mounting. I had to figure out a way where I could still train and focus on the craft, but still not compromise family time. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I looked into helicopters and be able to get down and back in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's when it started. And so my routine was always the same. Waits early in the morning, kids to school, fly down, practice like crazy, do my extra work, media, everything I needed to do, fly back, get back in carpool line, pick the kids up. And my wife was like, listen, I can pick them up. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I want to do that because mm -hmm. like, you know, you have road trips and times where you're not, you don't see your right. kids, man, right. you know? So like every chance I get to see them and spend time with them, even if it's 20 minutes in a car, like I want that. So, I mean, he just wanted to be a better father and someone who was around, and, and I don't think anyone should be trashing a guy for that. Um, so just a, a brief look back on the life of Kobe and just sort of what he meant. I know everyone else has been kind of talking about it, but I just wanted to provide my own quick two cents. Uh, another trend here on Tuesday, it's motivation. I mean, we can always use a couple of motivational quotes here to help us get through the day. So Tuesday motivation, um, you know, here was a good one from this morning. You cannot be handed success. Success can only be earned. So remember that when you're going about your work today. You have to earn your success. Or how about this one? The only way you're going to be successful is if you admit that you don't know and you ask for help. I mean, there's something that many out there need help with is simply asking for help. I know it's a difficult thing for many. We don't like to have others help us do our tasks, but uh, sometimes it's just absolutely what we need. And, and here's another good one from Joe Rogan from Tuesday Motivation. Time will not wait for you to change. Of course, that's something that uh, people need to take into account. You don't have a ton of time here on this earth, so take advantage of it while you can and change yourself because it's not going to change for you. Now... My last one, I got a minute left here, so let's finish this off with a little take on my favorite hashtag of the last day and a half. It's called My Fitness Level in Five Words. So there's a few good ones that I pulled here. There's a lot more to go through. I'd recommend looking it up. Hashtag My Fitness Level in Five Words. Let's start. Here's one from uh, hashtag Darren. It says that... Uh, it's the thought that counts. Yes, when it comes to my fitness level in five words, it is the thought that counts. And quite frankly, I don't think all that much about it. So there you go. Maybe Kristen says, running away from my problems, because that's basically what I do when it comes to my fitness. I don't think about it. Like I said, it's the thought that counts, so I choose not to think about it, a.k.a. running away from my problems. Femi says, gym membership removes excess pounds, which is very true. It's just very true, except it's actually not. You have to do more than just get a membership. You actually have to go to the gym. And my personal favorite, it's not an original thought, but it's still one that I quite enjoy. When looking at the trend of my fitness level in five words, the best five words I could use to describe it would be fitness pizza in my mouth. Of course, that's what I do far too often. Instead of going to the gym, I run away from my problems. I grab a pizza. I eat the whole thing. It's not good. Anyways, there you go. This has been uh, What's Trending.
All right, well, that about wraps things up for me here today. I want to thank all my guests for joining me, and, of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know I enjoyed our time while it lasted. I'll be back here tomorrow at 9.